0: Section fifteen of Russia, Austria, Hungary, the Balkan states, and Turkey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World Story, Volume Six: Russia, Austria, Hungary, the Balkan States, and Turkey, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section fifteen a morning with peter the great early in the eighteenth century by dmitri marriagekowski peter had got up early the very devils haven't had time to snore grumbled the sleepy orderly who had to light the stoves a gloomy november morning was looking in through the window by the light of a tallow candle-end in a nightcap dressing-gown and craftsman's leather apron the czar was sitting at his lathe turning a candelabrum of ivory for the church of st peter and st paul in gratitude for the benefit he had derived from the martial water during his illness then he started carving out of birchwood a little bacchus with grapes for the lid of a goblet he worked with as much zeal as if his livelihood depended upon it at four thirty a m in came his private secretary Makaroth, the czar took his place at a walnut-wood desk so high that the chin of a man of medium height was but level with it and began to dictate decrees to the different colleges or departments which were being established in russia on the advice of leibnitz following the example and precedent of other civilized empires as in a clock one wheel sets the other in motion said the philosopher to the czar so in the great administrative machine one college ought to work another and if everything is harmoniously organized in exact proportions then the hands of the state clock will invariably point to happy hours for your whole country peter loved mechanics and the thought of converting the government into a machine delighted him yet what seemed so simple in theory proved far otherwise in practice the russian people neither understood nor liked the idea of colleges and mockingly called them Kaleki, which means cripples the czar had invited learned foreigners versed in law they worked through the medium of interpreters this however did not answer young russian clerks were then dispatched to konensburg to learn the german language and thereby facilitate the working of the colleges and supervisors were sent with them to prevent them from idling but the supervisors idled with the supervised the czar published a decree all colleges are obliged to draw up regulations for their work on the swedish model if some of the points in the swedish regulation are inapplicable or are unsuited to the conditions of this empire the same should be altered at discretion but judgment was sadly lacking and the czar felt that the new institutions would prove as inefficient as the old ones it is all in vain he thought until the direct good the supreme patriotic interest of the empire is realized a thing that can't be expected for another hundred years at least the orderly announced a foreign office translator Kozlovsky. a young man came in haggard pale and consumptive-looking peter rummaged among his papers and gave to him a manuscript corrected and marked with pencil notes on the margin it was a treatise on mechanics it is badly translated it must be done over again your majesty stuttered kozlovsky in fear and trembling the author himself has written the book in very involved language more mindful of the subtlety of his philosophical style than of the benefit people could derive from the book he is abbreviated and abstruse for my part with my dull brain i cannot possibly follow him the czar patiently instructed there is no need to translate literally but having ascertained the meaning clothe it in language which can best convey it employing only what is necessary for presenting the main ideas to try and retain the style is not necessary your matter should be useful and not written for effect without any superfluous words which only waste time and distract the reader's attention avoid the high-flown slavonic style and write the plain russian speech do not use high-sounding words but the language of the foreign office write as you speak simply do you understand me quite so your majesty answered the translator with the precision of a soldier yet he hung his head with as melancholy an air as if he remembered the fate of his predecessor boris Wolkoff, also a translator to the foreign office who in despair over a french book on gardening le jardin de cantigny and afraid of the czar's wrath opened his veins and perished well go god be with you put all your heart in the work and also tell avramov that the type in the new books is fatter and not so clean as in the older ones the types of letters b and p must be altered they are too broad the binding also is defective especially as he binds the pages together too tightly the books won't close he should sew them at the hinges more loosely and give them more space at the back when kozlovsky left him peter remembered the dreams of Leibniz about a general russian encyclopaedia the quintessence of sciences such as was not yet in existence a petersburg academy the college of learned administrators with the czar at their head a future russia which having surpassed europe in knowledge would act as lighthouse of the world that bread will be long in baking thought peter with a bitter smile before we can begin to teach europe we must ourselves learn to speak russian write print bind and make paper he dictated an ukase: in all towns and villages all bits of rags and linen should be carefully collected and sent to the chief office in petersburg where fourpence per pude, footnote thirty-six pounds footnote will be paid for them these rags were intended for the paper factories then followed the ukase about the melting of fat the right way of plaiting bast shoes and the dressing of hides for boot leather inasmuch as the hide commonly used for shoe leather is exceedingly unfit for wear being dressed with tar which does not prevent it from rotting nor from letting water in in damp weather it would be more expedient to dress the same with train oil he glanced at his slate which together with a piece of pencil hung at the head of his bed he used to note on it any thought which occurred to him during the night that night he had jotted down where should manure be deposited don't forget persia mats he made makaroff read out the ambassador volinsky's letter concerning persia the present monarch here is such a fool that it would be difficult to find his equal even among simple peasant folk much less among the crowned heads his power will not last long although our present war with the swedes may hinder us yet nevertheless seeing the feeble resources of this country as i do i deem it possible to annex a major part of persia simply with a small force there could not possibly be a more favorable time than the present in his answer to volinsky peter ordered him to send merchants down the river Amudarya in order to discover a waterway to india and to draw a map describing it at the same time to prepare a letter to the grand mogul the dalai lama of tibet a road to india an alliance between europe and asia was an old dream of peter's some twenty years ago a russian church had been erected in peking in honor of Saint sophia the wisdom of god le czar peut tourner la chaine à la rope prophesied Leibniz. the czar's conquests in persia will lay the foundation of an empire greater than that of the romans the foreign diplomats warned their sovereigns the czar like another alexander strives to conquer the world said the sultan peter reached down from a shelf and unfolded a map of the globe which he had once drawn himself while musing on russia's destiny with the words europe on the west asia towards the south and on the space between the headland to chukotsk and the niemen and across from archangel down to astrakhan the word russia appeared in the same sized letters as europe and asia they are all mistaken in calling russia an empire it is half the world but the next moment with his usual pliable will-power he turned sharply from musings to business from the grandiose to the petty he began to dictate ukases as to a fit place for the deposit of manure on the substitution of hair sacks for sacks of matting in which to carry biscuits to the galleys and barrels or linen bags for grain and salt mats should on no account be used on the saving of lead bullets used at practice firing the preservation of forests the prohibition of hollowed-out trunks for coffins which were to be made of planks note well england to be written to for a model then he turned over the pages of his note-book to ascertain whether anything of importance had been forgotten the first page bore the inscription "In Gottes namen in the lord's name then followed various notes and memoranda sometimes two or three words indicated a long train of thought of a certain discovery which will help to find out various mysteries in nature clever experiments how to extinguish earth oil with vitriol how to boil hemp in saltpetre water by the secret of making german sausages draw up a concise catechism for the peasants and have it read in churches for their instruction exposed foundling infants are to be educated wailing to be organized the fall of the greek monarchy was caused by contempt of warfare order french gazettes to be sent engage foreign comedians at high pay russian proverbs a russian lexicon chemical secrets for testing ore if it be true that laws of nature are rational why then do animals devour one another and why do we cause them so much suffering present and past judgments against atheists compose a prayer for the soldiers great eternal holy god etc the journal of peter recalls the diary of leonardo da vinci at six in the morning he began to dress pulling on his stockings he noticed a hole he sat down got a needle and a ball of wool and began darning ruminating about a road to india in the footsteps of alexander of macedonia he darned his stockings then he had some anisette brandy with a cracknel lit his pipe went out of the palace and drove in a cabriolet with a lantern for it was yet dark to the admiralty the admiralty pinnacle glowed dimly through the fog reflecting the flames of fifteen dockyard furnaces out of the gloom there rose the black outline of a monstrous skeleton the hull of a new ship cables lay coiled like gigantic serpents pulleys squeaked hammers sounded iron rattled pitch was boiling in the red glare men flitted to and fro like shadows the dockyard resembled the forges of hell peter went hither thither inspecting everything he verified in the gun department the entry of the caliber of cast cannon-balls and shells which were piled in pyramids under shelter to prevent the rust eating them whether the flintlocks and barrels of the muskets had been filled with fat whether the ukase concerning cannon had been carried out it must be ascertained with the help of a mirror whether the inside of the barrel was quite smooth or whether the handles to the muzzle had formed flaws and bulgings should any such flaws have occurred their depth must be measured he could tell by the smell the different qualities of walrus fat tested by handling the weight of sailcloth and whether its lightness were due to the fine texture or to flimsiness he talked with the foreman as to equals the boards must be plain to fit tightly choose well-seasoned wood for should it be caulked before it is quite dry then it will not only shrink but also bulge out in the water and compress the caulk the oak should be young with a bluish and never a reddish hue made of such oak the vessel will be as hard as iron even a bullet could not pierce it farther than two inches in the hemp stores he took handfuls from the bales and holding the hemp between his knees carefully examined shook and tested it like an expert ship cables for mooring are of great consequence they ought to be made of the very best and strongest hemp when the cable is trustworthy the vessel is safe if faulty vessel and crew are doomed on all sides the czar was heard raiding the agents and contractors i see that during my absence the work has gone sidelong like a crab at snail's speed i shall be obliged to bring you to order by demanding from you extra work and by a merciless infliction of corporal punishment just wait a bit i will give you a keepsake which you won't forget till next spring he cut short lengthy speeches one day when a distinguished foreigner elaborated some unessential detail he spat in his face reviled him obscenely and turned away to a clerk who cheated he remarked i will score on your back the figures you failed to put on paper to a petition for raising the stipend of the admiralty councillors he answered nonsense they are more anxious to fill their pockets than to render good service when he learned that several of the vessels belonging to the galley fleet had been supplied with rotten salt beef so that the soldiers during five weeks had to content themselves with stale smelts and water which caused a thousand men to fall ill and be unfit for work his anger passed on bounds he almost struck an old captain who had distinguished himself in the yakut engagement should you do such an idiotic thing again don't lament being dishonored in your old age why should such important business a thousand times more valuable than your head be transacted with such carelessness probably you seldom read the military regulations the officers of the galleys in question will be hanged and you almost deserve as much for your gross neglect but he dropped his raised hand and mastered his wrath i should never have expected this from you he added in an undertone but such rebuke was in his tone that the guilty one would have preferred a blow now take care said peter that such cruelty shall not recur for in god's sight it is the greatest of sins i have recently heard that here in the petersburg dockyards last year the workingmen were utterly neglected especially the sick and that even dead bodies were allowed to remain lying about the streets which is revolting not only to christians but even to barbarians I cannot understand this lack of compassion they are not cattle but christian souls for which we shall have to answer before god end of section fifteen this recording is in the public domain